Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're going to talk some college football for you Ute fans, you Cougar fans, you Aggie fans, Kyle Whittingham, Gary Anderson, Kalani Sataki, all coming up in this hour. <clears throat> before we talk college football, we're going to talk some pro football. And before we talk Monday night football, we're going to talk about Nick Saban, which brings us back to college football. Are you getting dizzy yet? It's early in the morning. You might be a little dehydrated. Uh, PK brought this up yesterday. Uh, and it's a Nick Saban quote, which actually I think he said multiple times, but he said it once and got quite a bit of run recently, where these days, it might have actually been during the game this weekend. But anyway, it was that uh, games these days, you got to be able to win with offense. You know, the days of winning an SEC game 10-3 to 3, have gone gone by the wayside. you got, you got to be able to score. you got to go out there and, and, and put your, your 35, 40, 45 points on the board uh, to be able to win these big games. And I think it's also true in the NFL. Uh, it hasn't been training there as fast, and they don't score as many points. But uh, when you see the kind of points Kansas City is putting up, and they're the Super Bowl champs, that's that's one great example. When you look at some of the high-scoring Super Bowls we've had recently, you know, Atlanta's up 28-3, and they can't hold in, and New England comes back and wins the game. And the, the Philly-New England game is another high-scoring game. Uh, you can just look at this past weekend. Uh, when We had a couple of 37-34 games, right, with Cleveland and Cincinnati, and with... Uh, Seattle and Arizona going overtime and getting the field goal in OT for Arizona to win it. you got to be able to score a lot of points, which is what made that game last night with the, the uh, Rams and the Bears uh, all the more bizarre. I mean, these are good teams. I think they're both playoff teams in the NFC. Now, I don't know that either one will win their division, but there's three wild cards out there. And, uh, you know, these teams are off to good starts here. I think they're both 5-2 and two now after that Rams win. Uh, but a 24-10 game, and, you know, the pushing the, the scrum, pushing it forward, and the Rams are getting great field position because they're punting down deep and pinning uh, the Bears. The Bears couldn't move the ball much. And, you know, the Rams won with defense. But as I watched the game, I thought – they're good enough to get to the playoffs, but are they going to have to outscore people in the playoffs? You know, is anyone really shutting Seattle down in the NFC? And that's what these two teams, you know, they're not going to, they'd have to get the Super Bowl to see Kansas City. Um, but is anyone really shutting down Seattle or is anybody really shutting down Green Bay? You know, you could see those teams in your first or certainly your second playoff game. Um, you know, may, maybe the Bears, and I actually think the Bears would be the five seed right now. You know, somebody would get the NFC East and you could probably beat those guys however you want to beat them. It's a long way away. But, but certainly by the time you got to that second round game and you're running into a Green Bay, uh, and even New Orleans, even though they don't seem to have quite the attack they used to have, they still score a bunch of points. Um, it's an interesting thing. You know, Nick Saban was talking about the college game, but he, he's, I think he's got a beat on the pro game, too. All right, let's get to the college game, and let's hear from the Cougars, the Utes, and the Aggies. Uh, we're going to start uh, with Kyle Whittingham, his uh, media availability, and they are getting ready for Arizona coming up a week from Saturday. Here's Kyle Whittingham. Okay, uh, still in the process of evaluating Saturday scrimmage. We're we're mostly finished, but uh, still got some things to, to uh, clean up and, and uh, evaluate. But uh, overall, uh, very similar to what uh, we thought after the scrimmage. A lot of good work, a lot of progress. Uh, sometimes it's hard. Well, not sometimes. It's always hard to tell exactly where you are when you're working against yourself and uh, don't have any opponent to, to gauge uh, you know, where you're at. And, you know, if you're playing well on O, you don't know if it's because you're a good offense or if you're not very good on defense. And so it's uh, we're in that mode right now as far as trying to figure out exactly where we're at. But uh, a lot of positive things going on offensively, quarterback, 
uh, competition's coming to a head, and we think that uh, we're about ready to uh, make that decision and, and get a uh, one, two, and three in place. We've already got a three in place, get the one and two sorted out. Running backs continue to make progress. Offensive line continues to be one of the strengths of, the, of our team as is uh, tight ends and wide receivers. Defense continues to be a work in progress. A lot of work to be done there, and we don't have a lot of time to uh, to work with. You know, we only got, a, what, 13, 12 days before we play. And so so uh, we got to work it out for us, and uh, we'll see where we're at you know, come, come November 7th. But... Uh, so far, we've been pleased with the players' efforts, uh, their focus, their concentration, work habits. So there's nothing lacking there. It's just a matter of getting, uh, particularly on defense, getting everything up to speed. So questions? First question will come from Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Trevor Allen of KSL Sports. Hey, good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Um, you mentioned that time is getting short, 12 days until the opener. How do you kind of manage things in terms of getting all your work in, but maybe not going too far, maybe not doing too much live stuff, live tackling to keep the guys fresh and ready? Yeah, it's a balancing act. And you've got to continue to uh, be physical in practice, uh, even though it's not live and there's not going to be very much live stuff going forward. You can still be physical, uh, staying on your feet and not tackling to the ground. So there's a lot you can, you can accomplish. But uh, we've had a lot of live reps to this point. We chart all the live reps, and we've had players that are uh, approaching 200 live reps for fall camp and, and a lot of guys in the 150 range, and which equates to two and a half games, roughly, two, two and a half games. And so, so we feel like we've uh, done about as much as we can getting them ready in that respect with, with the live work. And we'll just continue to uh, work what we call thud tempo, which is essentially live at the line of scrimmage, but nobody gets tackled, like I mentioned. So we're, and you've got to uh, make sure you, you don't overdo that either because you don't want to go into the game beat up. And so we, we don't feel like that right now. We're, we're uh, beat up as a football team. We feel pretty good about where we're at. The guys have responded, but uh, we got to make sure they're fresh on November 7th. Kyle, just a quick follow-up. When you say that the QB competition is coming to a head, do you expect to go into practice this afternoon with your number one guy in place? Well, we don't practice today, and so that's, that's uh, yeah. We're 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 in the uh, in the meeting room and in the weight room. But tomorrow, when we do get back on the field, we anticipate that being the case. Now, again, we haven't sat down as a staff with everyone having watched the film and evaluated and had that discussion, but that's coming up here in the next couple hours. Next, we'll go to Trevor Allen of KSL Sports, followed by Chris Comrani of The Athletic. Kyle, I know that you're you're worried about all, all these battles and you're try, trying to wrap up camp, but when do you start prepping for, for your guys' uh, season opener? We've already begun that to a certain extent. It's been uh, interspersed in practice throughout the last, oh, seven to seven to eight practices we've broken into scout teams and so we have periods where we work on specifically arizona uh, offense or defense as the case may be and so that will become even more of an emphasis starting tomorrow and it will become exclusive probably about thursday or friday this week where we just focus completely on the opponent and no longer uh, compete against each other Next, we'll go to Chris Comrani, followed by Patrick Kinahan, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. 
Kyle, a, a key tenant of Utah's recruiting process is getting in on the ground level and being among the first offers, if not the first offer for a lot of kids. And, you know, just off the top of my head, a guy like Nate Ritchie and Clark Phillips are, are part of that, you know, kind of group of players that you guys were involved in early on. Is that something that you um, instilled in your in your staff early on to say, you know, if, if there is a player that you think has what it takes fire away because as Freddie said earlier he knows that there's kind of an emotional attachment that's kind of bonded when you get you know on in on the ground level and, and offer kids early on yeah the short answer is yes we we uh, have a philosophy of, uh, our guys they always have the green light all our assistants we feel um confident enough in those guys i do i feel confident enough in those guys and they their evaluations are usually spot on you're not always right in recruiting and that nobody is you're going to make mistakes here and there but but they have the latitude to go ahead and make those offers and and uh oftentimes you're exactly right freddie's right that that uh, there is a certain uh fondness on those guys that they always remember their first and uh, i think that's helped us out in a lot of cases and so that's been a, an mo of ours for for a lot of years and we're going to continue to do that next we'll go to pk followed by bill riley ESPN 700. you guys prepare for everything possible in terms of being uh, ready for games this year you're not going to have any fans or very limited fans is there anything you can do to prepare for that well, we've already begun practicing with the uh, ambient noise, ambient noise, I guess they call it, the uh, the crowd level and, you know, the decibel level that it's supposed to be at. And, and so we've already had that uh, going on at both the scrimmages. They've, they've had the ambient noise, and I think it's 70 decibels for uh, just normal uh, times, and you can raise it to 90 if something exciting happens. And so, so yeah, the answer is yes. We, we practice with that now. It's going to be different no matter how you cut it with nobody in the stands or very few people in the stands. So it'll be a different deal. But, but players seem to get uh, on autopilot and in a groove. You're on the field and you're playing, and you don't really notice very often the, uh, the surroundings. And, you know, once in a while, our, our stadium is awesome. We have, we feel we have some of the best fans in the country and certainly some of the loudest. And so that does give your, give your players a boost uh, emotionally, particularly on big downs. And, and when, uh, you know, things are going, going on that are exciting, but, but, uh, you know, players for the most part are, are locked in and in, in a zone and oblivious to, uh, what's going on around. Them. And then do you remember your first Kyle? <laughs> There's a lot of firsts I had. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass on that, PK. <laughs> Next, we'll go to Bill Riley, followed by Josh Furlong, KSL. Lots of talk about quarterbacks, but what about your secondary? Do you feel like you have your best three guys at corner yet, Kyle? Not quite yet. We're, we're, we're close. And uh, one day you think you have them, and the next day things change. And so, so we don't have that solidified, and that – to me, as the head coach, that's probably my biggest concern right now is is the secondary and, and uh, making sure we get that right. And, and you know, we may come away with four corners that we really like and, and uh, rotate them through there. And, you know, have four guys to play three spots, and and that could happen. It could happen at safety, but but uh, right now, still not solidified in the secondary. Although we have narrowed the field down, but uh, that's going to be crucial. I mean, if you get if you're if you can't hang, uh, hold up in the secondary, things can get away from you real quick. And, and we're hoping the front can uh, 
compensate for some of the inexperience in the secondary, but but uh, some days the front hasn't looked as good as we'd like it to either. And so, uh, like I said, at the outset of this uh, press conference here, this Zoom meeting, whatever we got going on, it's uh, a lot, lot of work to be done on defense. And that's the most concerning thing for uh, for us as coaches is, is the defensive side of the ball right now. Does that include your safety spots too, not just corners? Or are you no, the safeties? The safeties are more defined and, and more clear than the corner spot right now, but they're still not uh, completely set. Okay. Okay. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong. Kyle, obviously in college football or even the NFL, there's different shifts that go on with the offenses, whether that be the spread or, or whatever else there may be. Are you seeing a, a shift recently in, in terms of, of how tight ends are being utilized in the packages that are presented using them? And, and, and in your eyes, what does, what, what does that provide to an offense that, that maybe is why people are using them more? Yeah, I personally believe that's the case, that the tight end is becoming more in vogue. And, and uh, for a while there, they, they, they didn't disappear, but they were nowhere near as prevalent when people were going a lot of four wides. But now the personnel groups have changed a little bit. You're seeing a lot of tight end sets, uh, both in the professional level and the collegiate level. We certainly have got a lot of mileage out of our tight ends. And, and what tight ends do is they present matchup problems uh, in the throw game. Tight ends uh, typically are uh, it's tough to cover with a linebacker, and you have to use a safety, and and even sometimes that's a bad matchup with the size advantage that the tight end has. And then you've got things in the run game. You've got so much more options, so many more options in the run game when you have a tight end on the field than than when you're playing in ten personnel, which is uh, four wides, one back, and no tight ends. And so I've always been a believer in the tight end position and the and the value of it. Uh, I know Andy feels the same way. We've got a good stable of tight ends, so you're going to see us uh, maximize that. And, and uh, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's cycling back to where the tight end is becoming more, more of a uh, factor in, in most people's schemes. Here's Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, we'll hear from the Cougars, Kalani Sataki, and the Aggies, Gary Anderson. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Kalani Sataki meeting with the media after his Cougars improved to 6-0 and with a blowout win. They should have a blowout win to get to 7-0. and And then it's Boise State. Here's Kalani Sataki with the media. Team made it uh, into the top 10. I know you've, uh, in the coaches poll, in 11th. I know you don't like, you know, going into that and worrying about that. But how well do you feel like your team has handled that? Because that's obviously been a main focus. And as this continues to progress, it seems like they're playing with that maturity and, and that level of confidence, uh, you know, and not really re- looking at those things. How do you feel like they've done? Yeah, I think a lot goes into, you know, we've talked about how our team has handled adversity really well and been able to bounce back. And I think, uh, you know, in, in, in agreement with that, I think that uh, our players have handled um, success really well, too. So uh, the fact that they're staying humble and trying to 
be as hungry as possible, trying to get better, not uh, settling on, on what they've done so far, just looking to get better. I think it's been a good mindset that our players have had and something that our coaches and our leaders have shown from the very beginning. So uh, we'll, we'll keep with that and, and uh, you know, keep the theme of staying focused and, um, you know, trying to be as, as humble and as hungry as possible. There's a, it's a fine line, you know, but I really believe our guys have found the balance and are doing a really good job with it. When you're playing so well and winning games like you are, Kalani, 6-0 is a great record. doesn't matter who you're playing. That's a great way to start. You've been associated with a few programs that have done that. What does that mean that you've been able to start the season with those six straight wins? I think you gain momentum, but I think the, the key is to try to focus every week's different, you know, and, and just like every play on the, on the football field, you know, whether it's good or bad, you got to move on to the next one. And so uh, I think more than anything, we still keep that, that, uh, the, the feeling of appreciation and gratitude to play this game and that we get to represent um, you know, our church, our families, everything the right way. And, and that's on and off the field. So hopefully we can keep, continue to do that and keep our focus. That's been all we're focused on right now is just trying to play, you know, this, this, this day, trying to win this day, trying to win this week and, and uh, staying as focused as possible. Lon, you've talked about building depth since the day you got at BYU where do you feel like you are on that path? You, are you there yet? And and what what was it that made you think that was really needed in the program? Um, I, I think that's something that's needed in every program. And and I think if you, I mean, that's it's one of those questions that, that I don't think you can have too much of. You know what I mean? It's uh, depth is something that that uh, you know, and that that's with development, that's with recruiting, that's with. Um, you know, focusing on details, getting stronger. A lot of that stuff uh, plays into it. Finding a scheme that could benefit the majority of your talent and your and your skill. So a lot of that goes into it. There's so many variables that go into getting your depth ready. But uh, that's that was our focus when we first got here. We felt like we had a pretty good um, starting group and and um, needed more depth and 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 not just size or strength, but all of it, football IQ, everything. So as we started to establish that, I think I wasn't shy about saying that this is a, I feel like this is the deepest team we've had, uh, you know, since we started. Um, but is it, it's not, it's not talking about talent. We're talking about depth, meaning the guys that we feel comfortable taking the field. And that's one thing that you always keep working on. You don't, you don't, it's, it's not like, okay, we've established it. Now we were deep. Here we go. Uh, you know, we need 100. We have 123 guys on this roster. We need all of them to be ready to play. And and um, are we there yet? No, but hopefully we get there. I don't know if any team is, but uh, whether they feel comfortable with their 123rd guy starting on the field. But, you know, that's our mindset. We have to, we have to approach each, each uh, year that way. We have to approach our roster where we feel like, you know, we should be comfortable with every one of those guys getting on the field. Then just um, if someone had told you you wouldn't have Chaz Ayu, Matt Bushman, James Epney for a couple games, uh, pretty much the stars of your team, uh, would you have still f- felt good about your depth and, and that it would overcome those those uh, obstacles? I think that's how you start. You look at it and you, you don't plan on on guys getting hurt or whatever that's just but that's just what happens 
with um, the way the seasons go when you're dealing with returned missionaries, you're dealing with developmental guys, you're dealing with a violent sport like BYU, like BYU football plays. We play a physical brand of football. And so guys uh, get banged up. And that's uh, some years are worse than others. But I think, you know, when you're looking at that, like the quarterback position, we feel like, you know, last year we didn't have enough depth there because guys were untested. And this year going into the season, we felt like, hey, we, we feel good about our, our personnel in that in that position group and we need every position group to match that and and uh, maybe some just are untested because of the the fact that we have uh, healthy guys that are starting and doing great up front and, and and in different position groups but yeah that's just one of those things that you just know you have to go to and and any opportunity you can to, to develop the depth meaning getting the guys in the game as early as you can and and going through some growing pains on the field uh, that's going to that's gonna pay off in the long run. Hey, uh, you're talking about, you know, you want to take everything one day at a time and just winning the day, winning the week. And, uh, and that's easy to say. But when you're dealing with kids, how do you resist temptation? I mean, Boise State's looming on the horizon and Western Kentucky's two and four. How do you resist the temptation? How do you get them not to resist temptation of looking forward? You just don't let Pat ask questions to our players. <laughs> you just focus on, I mean, Listen, all we're worried about is, is playing uh, Western Kentucky and uh, everybody knows the future and the situation and games that are on the schedule. But I think we, I think it's worked so far. The formula that we've had the approach of, I mean, yeah, right. These, there's these, these kids, they understand the situation, but they under, also understand the harm it could do when you're looking past an opponent and you don't respect the game. We view this as a Western Kentucky, uh, you know, we're looking at, Tyson Helton as a head coach and the things that he's done. They won nine games last year. We're giving them all the respect that we possibly can because I think that's what football deserves. You know, you this this game is a beautiful sport. It's a team sport. And I think you do things the right way, meaning that you only focus on what's what's ahead of you. You don't look uh, to the next week. You, I think it's disrespectful to, to, to the game itself. And we've talked to, about that to our players. And so we're trying to focus on what's in front of you right now. And that's Western Kentucky and not looking beyond that, that I think the game deserves that much respect and definitely Western Kentucky does. And uh, they won nine games look at some of the things that they've done this year. And I know Tyson Helton is a great coach and he's, he's a, he's a son of a coach and a brother of a coach. And so I know the Helton family, I've been around them and been really impressed with the way that uh, their minds work with the game of football. So, uh, as a head coach, you're going to get all my respect. And so I think for our football team, it's part of the sportsmanship of the game and the class that we teach our players uh, that shows sportsmanship means the focus on your the task at hand. And that's Western Kentucky and playing this game. Kalani, I'm curious with with the the pandemic, what's have what's been the impact that it's had on on players preparedness level? Because it feels like it's been a opportunity for players to maybe eliminate distractions. Have you seen that in the preparation that players have had amidst this pandemic compared to other years? Yeah, I just see the, the level of maturity and experience on our players, specifically in our leaders. You know, they've, they've been through uh, seasons and, and been through adversity. And so I think this leaning on them heavily has been the key. And uh, looking at everything, we just talk, I just got done talking about being focused and looking at everything as distractions. And so anything that doesn't allow you to play football and doesn't allow you to be at your best, doesn't allow you to be at the, your best at home, um, in the classroom and on the field, 
are distractions, whether they're, they're praise or criticism. So why give any of those any life? And I know your jobs in the media is to, is to praise and to criticize. So I'm going against what you guys do, but as a football team, I mean, that, that's for the fans and for everybody else to enjoy, but this, this football team's got to be focused on what we're trying to get done, and we've made a lot of goals and, and a lot of um, dreams that we want to accomplish, and, and the only way you get that done is to be focused and not spend too much time with the praise and criticism. You mentioned earlier that your team's trying to get better every single day. What specific areas is Zach trying to get better? I mean, the guys just statistically putting up record type numbers where, where is Zach trying to get better at this point so many things and and it's the the guys that that don't that, that are um, always working and always finding ways to get better I don't ever have to worry about them and we have a a, a, a good number of guys that are like that on this team and then we have a bunch of guys that are learning and are seeing their example and, and are trying to become like them so uh, we're an active group and, and active meaning trying to get better in a lot of different areas. I want these guys to know that uh, their, their job isn't just to be great at football. Their job is to be great at being the best son they could be, best brother, boyfriend, or if they're married, husband. All that stuff matters, you know, and I think it all carries over into becoming the best. It'll, it'll all carry over to the field. So that's what focus is just trying to get better. And, and you don't get better by just sitting around and hoping for things to get to get done. Kalani, you talked about Western Kentucky a little bit earlier, but I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts overall on their scheme, how they look on film to you. Yeah, they have some athletes out there that can run. I mean, they're well coached. And and if you're looking at the way they compete, I I can't say for sure, but I know they they competed against Liberty, who's ranked, and and lost lost a close one against them. You know, they played Louisville early in in, in, in the – I think that's the first game of the season. And so you're seeing a highly competitive group. They're used to – I mean, they had success last year, so they're used to winning games. They won nine games, and and they're well coached. I look, you look at their coaching staff; those guys know what they're doing, and so they'll they'll find ways to to and they'll be creative and, and find innovative ways to try to uh, you know put points on the board and try to stop us from scoring. And so, um, you know, we have to be ready for everything. And in this last game against you know against Texas State, we weren't anticipating a high dose of. of um, you know, the different looks that they gave us early on and, and we were able to settle down and, and get our guys composed. And, you know, you're looking at the, we, we plan for as much as we possibly can, um, but I don't know if you can plan on that being, uh, getting that high dose of, of plays, but that's okay. We, we just, you know, teams don't know what we're doing defensively. Maybe one week we'll just blitz every down. Who knows? There's there's just something that, that that's the game of football. You have to strategize and put yourself in a position to have success where you feel like you can compete. And for us, we're, uh, we're going to play all three phases and play team sound football, trying to get the win. And if we can do that, I, I like our chances. I also wanted to ask about your uh, cornerback tandem, excuse me, of Chris Wilcox and Keenan Ellis. Both of them were kind of down the depth chart now due to injury earlier on this year. What do you like about them out there as your starting corners? Yeah, I feel like our corners and, and, you know, the whole group, Coach Guilford's done a great job at prep. Uh, preparing that group to play the the different looks and different things that we do scheme wise and um whether it's it's locking up man to man or playing our zones and you know applying pressure all that stuff they're really good at i think what i've been really pleased with the the physical the physical part of their game i think corners uh we have to rely on them to tackle be aggressive and to be physical on you know wherever they wherever we need them and uh i like their approach to the game and then those guys 
uh, there's a good number of guys that can get it done and we feel like we're pretty deep there and healthy and so if we can uh, keep the health up and, and keep our guys rotating and use them wisely and we'll be okay I, I, right now I like the way they're playing the way they're covering if, if corners aren't being talked about that's probably a good sign I mean Chris Wilcox was one of our MVPs uh, in the Houston game and really didn't hear for about him and didn't have a lot of stats that's that's what corners get paid to do Kalani a season like this certainly has the potential to pay off big in terms of recruiting what have you noticed in terms of recruiting, at least through the first six games? Have, have you noticed an increase in interest uh, from recruits? What, what from, a, from a recruiting standpoint, how has this start and the way the team is playing right now affected recruiting? Well, we recruit, you know, we, we recruit pretty young and we evaluate early on. And so, uh, and then it's just a matter of if it matches up with the recruit, our school, you know, if they, if they're willing to represent what we represent, knowing that this is a church institution and if it follows in, and falls in line with their, how they live their life, I think that's the key. Um, so we, our evaluation, I, I've been really impressed with our coaches and we do a great job. I feel that of evaluating talent and uh, we usually don't get it wrong when it comes to evaluating uh, a guy like we think could be, a division one type of talent and as we as long as we stick to that that's fine we'll, we'll be okay the the key is whether they're going to be a good fit for what we have in our culture of our team and if they're a good fit for the culture of our our university meaning the honor code academics all that stuff all has a line and be in, in line and and um you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But there's some there's some guys that we feel like that are out there that, that know what BYU is about. As long as we can get the message of what our school is about, there's there's a lot of members of the church that fall in line with what we do. But there's also some that don't. And then there's also mem non-members that are out there that are much in line with what we represent and love the way we play the game, love the way our style of football, but more importantly, appreciate what this school is all about. And those are the guys that we're looking to, to get. And, and I think more than anything, this probably was able to, you know, people talking about us and you know, allow us to get to some of those guys that are out there that really don't know much about BYU and they can gain an interest and look into it and say, hey, you know, what's this school about? And, and they realize that that's how they're raised and it fits in line with what they want to accomplish and they feel like they can get their goals here, which is a high number of players, a high, a high number of recruits that we're looking at. One other thing for me, one of the one of the MOs of this team this year has been coming out strong right out of the get-go and, and really putting teams away early. And I know coaches always want to do that. Seeing your team being able to do that, being ready from the kickoff, how has that changed the dynamic of these games? Um, I, mean, I think from the beginning, our guys playing strong and I mean, it, 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 it all depends on, on how the game goes, you know, and more than anything, it's just we know we're going to face adversity. That, that's part of football. And we know we're going to get the other team's best shot. That, that's what happens. I think the key for us is, is making sure that they get ours. And I've been, I've been on that from the very beginning about how we anticipate everyone's game plan is to give us their best shot. And, and then we just need to make sure that that's in our, our game plan as well, is, is to make sure that they get ours in return. And if we can do that, I feel really good about our chances for success. Um, yeah, just the le level of maturity I've seen from this team is is up there, and that's that's a, because we have great coaches and great leaders on this team. I've been really pleased with how Jeff Grimes is coordinating the offense, working really well with with that 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 staff, and 
Elisa Tujaki is doing the same thing on defense and has been able to do that on uh, special teams. And that connecting with our leaders on this team has, has been really, really nice so far. So let's keep it rolling. Hey, Kalani, I just wanted to ask you about uh, Zach Daw, his contributions and his journey back from literally being off the team for a year. What have you seen from him? And then and then um, what what about him has kind of enabled him to make that journey back? I don't know if, if a lot of people know the details of, of his situation, but he, you know, he was told that he probably should retire from football and take a medical scholarship. And when that happens, you're done. You, you don't, you don't practice or play. You just go to school and you're, we, we have, unfortunately that's part of the football that happens in every, every school, every university. And he refused to take it. <laughs> and so if you know anything about the doll family, you know, anything about Zach is that he said, no, with the hopes that, um, if he just doesn't take that scholarship and walks on that there's a possibility that he can come back and play and had to, he would have to clear the, the, you know, medical uh, clearance. He would have to clear physical and everything. And so he, he decided he was going to do that. Then he um, got his body right. And then not only did he come back and do that, he came back, walked on and it was pretty evident that he was going to need a scholarship right away. And so uh, I think it was nice that that, that our, our staff, Coach Tuyaki, was able to have that scholarship ready for him. And then when he did that, he decided he wanted to play D-end instead of D-tackle. And he lost a lot of weight, got himself. I mean, he looks great and, and, and did it the right way and became a D-end. And you're looking at the plays that he's making. It's because of his hard work and because, uh, you know, his belief in himself. And so I was really, really pleased with him being able to just bet on himself. And then you're seeing the results. And when that guy plays on the field to go from someone that was told that it was done, uh, you talk about a person who appreciates every snap he gets. That's Zach Dahl right there is a definition of it. Lonnie, last thing from, from me, what uh, attributes or maybe characteristics go into a program having um, a successful rate of, of player development and, and churning out uh, and, and getting the most out of players during their collegiate careers. I think that's what we owe it to our players. I, I think, um, you know, you're, you're, you're only as, as strong as your weakest link, basically. And so we have 123 guys on the, on the roster. Our jobs as coaches is to develop these young men physically that I think that's the easy thing people say well you develop them physically but it's in all aspects mentally and 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 spiritually as well I, I need them to, to know that the way that they were raised by their families is going to continue on here and I think that that's my job as a coach is a, is a keep loving them up and and you know, it's not easy, right? And, and it's going to be hard. The BYU experience is going to be hard, but that's why you remember it for the rest of your life. I'm speaking from experience myself, knowing that this place is, is difficult, but it's going to test you mentally because of the academics that come in line. It's going to test your your um, your discipline and how you're going to live your life. It's going to test all those things. And then and then to back it up, you're going to play tough football and you're going to, we're going to expect the performance on and off the field. And when you're done with it, you can be really proud of the things that happened and the growth that happened from that transition from a young man to an adult. And um, that's why they're doing our alumni does great things out there and they take care of each other and, and they're always welcome to come back, especially when we get done with the pandemic stuff. But we can always count on our alumni to be there, whether they're athletes or not, or return or, or they're former football players. But, but there's a high number of, of, of alumni uh, and, and th that that are in the 
fan base that are there and available or good, good resources for our players. And then, I mean, it's just, I say alumni, but it's the BYU experience. There's a lot of fans that understand BYU, what it's all about, that didn't go to school here. And um, it's just that, that lifestyle that they live, it, it, it resonates with a lot of people. And so our players are available to, to, to see those guys. And we go to on away games and we see them everywhere, our fans everywhere, and people travel to come watch us. And the least we could do is, is give them the best show we possibly can. There's Kalani Sataki with the media. Uh, when we come back, Gary Anderson visiting with PK and I. That's coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk to Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. Gary, good morning. Good morning, DJ and PK. How are you? Good. Good to have you back for another season, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys invited us. I heard you weren't <laughs> going there for a while, but it's good to hear you did. I didn't know if we didn't make the cut. So. <laughs> I don't talking know who about decided it. that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had you on the air when you were I thought, at Wisconsin. I thought it was all rumors. That's good. That's we had good. you on the air when you were at Wisconsin and Oregon State. Who's had you on more than yes. us? Yes, yes, sir. Now that you're an Aggie again, Scotty's sucking up to you. But come on. We were there all along. Yes, sir. You were. That's a true statement. Yeah, someone's valid point. Well taken. Somebody was spreading some you know what around the old uh, South Forty when they were telling you that. Yeah, Mike all right, Scotty. Have to ask him. Nah, listen. Ask him. Let's just blame him. Who cares? All right. We don't need facts and details. Let's just go after him. All right, let's uh, let's start with the season opener there. And I'm always before we get to specifics, big picture. After one game, I'm always curious if the winning team was that good or the losing team was that bad. Can you divine any of that, or is that the kind of thing you got to let play out? How much do you put on the Broncos, and how much do you put on the Aggies? Well, I think the Broncos are a really good team. Um, I think they've uh, you know, had some good playmakers, made some plays against us, and they control both lines of scrimmage. Um, you know, the the uh, the strength factor showed up, and uh, it was uh, it was still an issue as it was a year ago against these guys, and that was glaring. And that's just not on the kids; that's on everything that's out there right now. We got to continue to work on that and strive to. You know, they are they are the. The, the top for a reason because they're physical and they have good football players and they do good things. So it's, it's a lot of credit goes to a good football team, a really good football team. We'll see if it's a great football team as the year goes on. They'll be they'll be challenged from some teams as they come through the year, um, and we can get a lot better. Um, we can coach them better. We can work better. We can you know we can obviously play better at times. And the game of football these days is about making making plays that, that change the game and we didn't have enough game changing plays on the offensive side of the ball nor on the defensive side of the ball and Boise did and um, and when you do make those plays your defense you, you can't give them layups if they get those plays against you you have to earn them and you know we had some mistakes that really really hurt us um, 
on third downs, and, and, and we need to be better. We need to have some better situations, and it doesn't matter who's in the game. There's, you know, I told the kids after the game, I told the coaches the same thing. It doesn't matter who's in the game. It doesn't matter the situation of why somebody is in the game or whatever it may be. We have to work our tails off to get them there. So I would agree with both those things. You know, We'll, we'll see how we continue to progress as we go through there. And the good thing is, is our, our kids didn't pout about any situations that came their way. They kept on battling, I thought, in the game. And um, you know, lots of work to do. Um, it's not it's not the outcome that we want. It's not acceptable, but it is what it is, and we have to be big boys and look at it and understand where we are. I did think though, that your offensive line, particularly in the second half, for a bit, had a little bit of a push. Am I right? At times, yes. There's no doubt, and there was some things to build on, and there was some you know mojo that uh, Jalen got, and Jalen is a very good back, and he made some people miss. But I thought we were able to you know move the ball um, more physically, and you know we we had an opportunity to even in the first half to, to hit some of those, and we didn't. Boise did some good things. We had some opportunities in the throw game, but we we couldn't protect in the in the first half. We protected a little better in the second half, but uh, you know the throw game was hard because again they locked us down with big, tall wideouts that were talented, and we flat couldn't get off of press coverage. And so, again, we need to coach it better and work it better and get our athletes and give an opportunity to get in space. But, uh, yes, we did run the ball better in the second half, and uh, that was noted um, and understood, I think, by the kids and, and by the coaches. So what gets said at halftime of a game like that? You know, nothing uh, other than some adjustments and communicate with the kids and, you know, keep on fighting and keep on battling through there. And, you know, we've, uh, unfortunately, we've been in that spot a little bit. Um, and we've got to understand why we're in that spot. And, and then a 20-minute timeout, you don't really can identify why you're in the spot or you can't really speak about why you're in the spot. And, you know, I've never been the guy that gets into the locker room and sometimes it's more spirited than others and you maybe have a little bit more fire to you than uh, other times and but not not really when I'm in those situations to me and that situation is as you get them to give the coaches time to make some adjustments think about some things that they can be able to get done present it to the kids you know let them take a big deep breath and understand what we have to do to be better and usually it's you know the the techniques and the fundamentals of the football game and um that's I think that's what helped us a little bit in the especially in a couple of those drives we were able to get out of on defense. I think we tackled better and when we didn't get out of drives we didn't tackle well and we didn't play well on third downs. So, um and that that is the bottom line and it came down to a lot of different things. And then, you know, offensively you, you just you can't shoot yourself in the foot and third and seven, third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, you've you've got to be able to have some pace and when we scored on a couple of those drives we didn't get into those big third and long situations. I think that from your perspective, and tell me you agree or disagree, the most disappointed that I was was in the 92 yards passing. No doubt. No, absolutely no doubt. I mean, we have to be able to throw the football. And, you know, I think that uh, I look back and, you know, I, I look at the quarterback production and the quarterback play. And I, I really think when, when Jason had some opportunities, can he do some things better? Sure he can. And that's, that's every single week. And But we, we've got to be able to get open and we've got to be able to give time to the quarterback to be able to throw the ball um, and so that situation is an absolute yes and it's uh, something we've got to look at we've got to dissect and we've got to make sure we can get ourselves in a position to be able to you know uh, make complete the football I mean that's you got to be able to throw the ball and you got to be able to stretch the field at times and we, we just we really really struggled with uh, with their man coverages and we really really struggled with uh, protecting the quarterback to give Jason the time to be able to let the routes develop. And, you know, Jason wasn't perfect either, which nobody's perfect in any position, nor as a coach. we got to work as a team to make it be better. But that was disappointing. 
So you got a lot to work on before you play San Diego State. And PK and I watched the San Diego State-UNLV game, but uh, same deal. San Diego State looked awesome. UNLV looked awful, especially in the first half. It was really one-way traffic in the first half. How much have you watched that film, and how much have you learned from watching it? Yeah, San Diego State is a very experienced team. They return a lot of people on the defensive side of the football and um, a lot of guys up front on the offensive line. So they got a lot of people coming back, and they're going to be physical. They're going to be big. They're going to be strong just like they always are. They're going to be gifted at the wide receiver position. You know, nothing different um, from San Diego State that I think that you're going to see every single year. Um, they want to smack you in the mouth just like they have been, and they're dining and dashing on the, the defensive side of the ball. It's not rocky anymore. It's not, uh, but, it, it, but it feels a lot like his defenses are going to, Take some chances and you know get up in your face. So this is a, a really good team. I mean they were they were uh, I guess picked to win their side from everything that I remember in the in the preseason things long ago. And I think for a good reason. Um, they're a, they're they're a quality quality unit, and we're excited to be able to play them here at home. And you know they'll be uh, they'll be well coached, and we've got to bounce back and put our best foot forward. Last year it was a it was a crazy game. We jumped out and I think it was a 23-3, and they reeled it back in, and we had to make a play at the end to win the game. So. I expect a, a tough grinder football game, and if you're not a tough guy, you're, you're not going to survive this one. And so, again, it goes back to the point to me is you know, on our side and when San Diego State's on our side, not on our side, but when they're in our rotation, you, know, you are going to have those grinder out tough guy games, and you've got to be strong, you've got to be physical, you've got to be able to match power with power and strength with strength, and if you can't do that, you're going to struggle. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to get that again this week, just like we did last week. Might be premature to ask this, but what's the going to be the availability of all your players? <laughs> well, that's been uh, that's a great question, and we'll still have um, numerous players out. Um, you know, hopefully, we can get through some testing this week and and not get hit like we did last week. The hardest thing about you know the the, the COVID thing is is quite frankly is the the contact tracing. And um, when I say that, I'm not just as, as far as time away and those kids are gone for 14 14 uh, 14 days. So you know last last week we have some kids test positive and. Uh, away they go for three games because we play the next day on Saturday. We come back and play the next week on Saturday and we play the next week on Thursday. So they miss almost half the season. So that's hard. And it's really hard to look a kid in the eye when he's 40 minutes away from walking on the bus and saying you're out of here and he feels great. So I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, It is what it is and I agree. I want everybody to be safe and I want everybody to be healthy. But gosh, damn, it's hard. It's really, really tough to see those kids. And, and then, you know, as coaches, you practice, you put in a game plan, and you work hard on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You back off on Thursday and Friday to stay healthy, and you get hit. So there's no excuses. There's no woe is me. We've told the kids that. I don't think our kids feel like that. Uh, we looked at it as an opportunity for some young kids to get in and play last week, and, you know, some of them grew up as they went along, and some of them the moment was too big for them. So we need to help them and coach them to get better. So um, it is what it is. We are we are we'll get a few back hopefully and hopefully we won't uh, get hit with more but uh you know it's 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 been a it's it's been very uh taxing on on the kids and we just need to stay with them keep helping them the ones that are that uh, have been tagged and the ones that some of them have got it and have been sick some of them feel great and it's just the mental part of that when you nothing's wrong with you and you can't play football that's real tough You've been coaching for a long time uh, as an assistant and a head coach, multiple teams, multiple leagues. Has anything prepared you for this year? Nope. 
absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's uh, it's like nothing I've ever been around. And and I, I, I do, when I say that, I don't mean it in a bad way and like it's a horrible situation, it's a horrible scenario. I, I, I think in the last three weeks I've really become a better coach because I, I have to look at these things and it just it, it really it is what it is and I've got a rock on my desk that says it is what it is and you know I, I think that takes a whole new a whole new look at things right now is from what these kids have gone through and I just got to put my focus back to them and uh, really honestly I, I, I just refocused myself uh, quite frankly at you know driving over to Boise and said you know you just just you got to you got to coach your kids man you got to be with them you got to help them you got to do everything you can and uh, what comes your way comes your way and you got to put them in the best position to be able to battle their tails off and fight like crazy and um, that that helped me and I've tried to put that to the kids to help them be in that position also because it's we the, the virus is a, is a horrible thing and we want to make dang well sure we do everything we can to not have our kids get it to be safe but when they do get it I agree with all the protocols 100% but it again to to educate talk about next man up mentality you know it is what it is all those things you still got to hug your kids up and say damn we love you man we got to keep on fighting through this thing and and they will so and then no one's going to again there's no oh you know what was me i there's just none of that there's that's not going to happen for us and if we win we win if we don't play well enough to win we lost it's not because we didn't have our kids with us Boise's had some great teams over the years. I know it's only one game, but how would you compare this team that you played Boise against some of the other teams that you played Boise? Um, I would say this: very gifted in the back end on defense. Uh, long team overall looks like a Pac-12 team when they take the field. Um, you know, uh, just from the, the size and the length, um, depth was good. You know, they lost a couple D linemen in that game, and the next man up, you really didn't notice other than the number change. So they've got they've got nice depth. I think they've recruited that way for a long time, and you know, it's kind of they they roll that cycle through there, which is has been impressive for them. Um, you know, running backs really good. Two really good running backs. Uh, tight end, the Bates kid. We recruited him long ago. He's he's a really talented football player. O line's physical and experienced. So they're um, and then the wide receivers are, are, are game changers. You saw that a couple plays that we had when they get an opportunity, and and we gave them a couple layups on those. But uh, they were fast enough to outrun us. So they're good football players. So I think it's a it's a it's a quality Boise team. Um, you know how good they're they're going to get challenged down the road within our league and. Uh, I think they play BYU at some point this year too, so that'll be a challenge for them also. In fact, I think it's in a couple of weeks. They got Air Force this week, but uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's a really good Boise team, I believe. But you know that'll play itself out. So I'm curious as you prepared for this. Speaking of their depth, did you prepare for for uh, both both Bachmeyer and Sears, or just one of them, or how did you handle that? I mean, ended up Sears, I think, through three passes. It was both mostly Bachmeyer. Yeah. No, we we just figured it wouldn't change much. Um, with with either one of them, and you know, Sears came in and, and unexpectedly kind of ran the ball. I didn't think they'd come in and have him be in there and run it a couple times, but they did and um, do a couple different things with him. But he was uh, he's a, we knew he was a good quarterback and will be a good quarterback. But we expected it would be Bachmeyer all the way through, um, and you know he's. It's not really going to change. Boise's offense is not dramatically going to change. They're they're going to do the same things that they do, and you know a lot of the shifts and the motions and the movements. And there's a lot to their offense, but uh, we didn't we didn't expect it to change, regardless of the quarterback. I know competition is always ongoing. Do you anticipate a uh, still starting Shelley at quarterback next week? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason will start, and uh, you know, I think it's uh, we're, we're still in a position if it's the right spot for Andrew to be able to get in there. And you know, the big thing with Andrew is again is continuing to learn the process. I think his upside is is huge, and I believe he knows where he sits as far as what we've talked about. And uh, you know, Andrew's ability to continually learn to practice and learn in the film room and, and get on the field, and if the opportunity presents itself, Andrew's antsy. He wants to play, which anyone would expect from a competitor and Andrew wants to get out there and compete and play and but you know um Jason is Jason is our starter, and I think we can win a lot of football games. He's got to get a supporting cast around him to to help him, um, and he needs to continue to work to get better. I know he's excited about that, and I know so is his football team excited to get back on the field and continue to work through uh, uh, you know getting better. Well, Gary, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. We look forward to talking to you every week during the season. Hey, guys, appreciate it very much. You have a wonderful week, and Aggies are going to get back to work now. I appreciate you. Go Aggies. There's Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach. When we come back, what is training? Got a big World Series game tonight. Got uh, Monday Night Football to get to. We'll get to all that next. Stay with us.